0: Hello and welcome to the first episode of the Badges podcast, brought to you by the British Association for Japanese Studies. I'm your host, Oliver Moxon. I'm currently an MA student at the University of East Anglia, studying cultural heritage and museum studies with a focus on the role of language in interpreting transnational war heritage in Japan. It was through the Badges 2018 conference in Sheffield that I, as a young undergraduate, had my first opportunity to present research and had my first taste of academia. Since then, Badgers has been a constant source of invaluable advice, as I have navigated my way through postgraduate study, with their writing workshops proving not only invaluable as I worked on my first paper for publication, but also as a chance to meet and engage with the diverse and welcoming Japanese studies community. It is my pleasure to be contributing in their endeavour to inform and assist those of us in the UK looking to take our interest in Japan to the academic level. Today you'll be finding out what Badges is all about with Professor Christopher Hood, President of Badges, and Dr. Helen McNaughton, Chair of the Japan Research Centre at SOAS, University of London, and co-editor of Badges Journal, Japan Forum. You'll be finding out what kind of projects Badges supports, its research output, and the many funding opportunities it provides for upcoming academics and Japan-related research. We hope you enjoy the show. Good afternoon, Chris and Helen. Thank you for joining me today.
1: Thank you. Thank you.
0: To be here. Me too. So let's start off with introductions. Uh, What are your roles in badges and what are your own research areas? Chris, how about you start us off?
2: Okay, sure. Um, So I'm currently the president of badges, um, a role open been doing for about uh, four years now. I've previously been involved in council in other ways as well. So I guess the main role of uh, the president is just trying to bring everybody together, creating a team which we call council and listening to members, finding out what they would like badges to do. Because thanks to the way that badges has evolved over the years, we've ended up in a wonderful situation uh, unusual for many academic societies where we actually have a budget and some money to spend. But obviously the key thing then is spending it on the things which are the appropriate thing to spend money on. So uh, part of the role of president is to work with council to identify areas which we can be going in and thinking about other activities that we can go in to support um british um universities and other universities um as well where japanese studies is a key component
0: and uh, what's your research area if I, if I might ask
2: yeah sure so in terms of research i mean i uh, my phd was actually about education reform in japan and the influence specifically of uh, former Prime Minister Nakasone, but uh, it was a piece of research where it was a means to an end rather than a real love of mine. My interest for a long time had actually been in other areas, um, sort of Jinkansen bullet train and things like um, disasters and so on. And for one reason or another, I managed to actually go more in that direction after completing the PhD and um, updating it to a, a book. So for the last... Wow, it must be 20 years now. I've been doing various bits of research about the Shinkansen, not sort of so much the engineering side, but using a Shinkansen as a means to study various different aspects of Japan. So sort of the, the symbolic side of it. And I think my work has been particularly influenced by uh, Joy Hendry's concept of wrapping culture and sort of thinking about the external look of the trains in a variety of forms, for example. Um, and then through a bizarre series of coincidences and other things that came together, I ended up also studying the Japan Airlines flight jail one, two, three crash of 1985, which is the world's biggest single plane crash. Um, and that was an area of research, which I did for a number of years, um, quite traumatic at times, but I got a lot out of. And, uh Although the first book I did on it is nearly 10 years old now, it's an area of research that continues to follow me around. And there's still areas which are actually changing. So it's not research I've actually completed. I I keep on doing other projects related to that. But uh, one of the things that links a lot lot of my research here is sort of aspects of symbolism and how you can understand aspects of Japan um, and humanity more generally just by looking at a particular event or particular things which you can see in japan
0: great and uh helen could you tell us what your role at badges is and what your own research areas are
1: Sure. So, uh, like Chris, I've had a long-standing um, relationship with Badges. So, I think initially, years ago, I came onto the council as Honorary Secretary and have done various other roles. But at the moment, I'm uh, chair of the Japan Research Centre at SOAS. And because SOAS is now the institutional host for BADGIS, um, whoever is the, the JRC chair is co-opted onto council as a member of council. So, at the moment, I'm on the Badges council because I'm chair of the JRC at SOS yes. and my research originally I did my PhD on women working in the Japanese textile industry um, not from the perspective of of textiles per se but because it was a huge employer of women so my broad research over the years um, I've dipped in and out of it is looking at women and work and gender and employment and, and the progress of gender equality in the workplace um, so I've dipped in and out of that for the last um, well, nearly 20 years, actually. But more recently, I've um, gone into other fields uh, still involving gender and, and still loosely involved involving business and industry because I've started uh, researching sports in Japan. Relating uh, a project, particularly relating to women and volleyball in the 1964 Tokyo Olympics, which actually dates back to my study of textiles, because it was very much associated with the textile industry. Uh, It was very much associated with the growth of volleyball for women, and the team that won gold at the 1964 Olympics was actually mainly a corporate uh, team from the textile industry. So I started with that foray into sports history and now it's moving into other areas of gender and sport in Japan so at the moment I'm looking at the history of corporate teams in rugby for men Japanese men and then in the future I want to look at the recent growth in rugby more broadly in Japan but also looking at what's happening with women's rugby as well so the study of gender cuts across all of the research that I've done but I've moved broadly from looking at employment to looking at uh, sports history.
0: Great. Have you been doing any research on the upcoming Olympics?
1: A little bit. I've written some conversation pieces rather than full-on academic pieces, because obviously the Olympics hasn't quite taken place yet, so it's all very uh, sort of suggestive, predictive type conversation pieces. But one project I have been heavily involved with is setting up Um, a Japan Sports Symposium Series, and that's been running since 2017, looking at various elements of Japan and sports history, but then obviously looking forward to the Tokyo. Well, when we set up in 2017, we were looking forward to the Tokyo 2020 Olympics and Paralympics. So we've had various events since 2017, ultimately building up to what we're supposed to and last year but which is obviously hopefully happening this year so we're going to continue to extend that project um, until next year so that we can obviously look back on what will hopefully be the Tokyo 2020 Olympics and Paralympics in 2021 and look at how that went off so that's still a, an ongoing project.
0: Great, very exciting. So um, Chris as the president of Badges could you answer this question for us what is Badges how did it start and what are its goals?
2: Okay, so BADGES obviously stands for the British Association for Japanese Studies. In fact, this is causes a little bit of problem on uh, social media because there are other organisations which also have the uh, acronym BADGES. And my family, actually, whenever I talk about BADGES, actually start picturing black and white animals, which causes further confusion. And I understand that the word BADGES causes some amusement for some of our Scandinavian members as well. Um, but the association itself was formed in 1974, with its aim to encourage Japanese studies in the UK, particularly sort of stimulating teaching and research. And with that background, it held its first conference in Cambridge in 1975. And then from there, the Badges Conference became sort of the main mechanism by which a lot of people in Japanese studies came together. Over time, this has evolved, and I think we might chat a little bit more about how things have changed during COVID and everything, because this has had an impact on the way that we do conferences. But obviously, the other thing that has changed is that now the Internet has come along and the way in which Badges can help and get involved with its members um, has changed so much that, uh, in many respects, the, the conference just isn't our main activity anymore.
0: So what are the main activities? Can you give us some examples of the biggest badges events of the year?
2: Well, I guess the main activity in many respects is actually tied to our publication, Japan Forum. Japan Forum has been going for a number of years now, and this is probably going to be a subject for another podcast. And so I don't need to talk about too much at the moment. But thanks to a change which was brought by a former president, uh, Glenn Hook, The way that Japan Forum operates and the agreement that we have with the publisher, Taylor and Francis, means that a substantial amount of money comes into badges every year. And it's because of this money that council is able to support a variety of activities. So the conferences, when we have conferences, are largely a self-funding affair that the host organization, we sort of almost do it like the Olympics has chosen to sort of follow on from the discussion of the Olympics, where we ask people to bid to host it. And although we can provide various bits of sort of logistical support and additional top-up money if necessary, Primarily, the local host goes about organizing everything, sorting out the calls for papers, deciding which papers are included, and also trying to raise money and work with um, the other organizations which we have good relationships with, such as the Anglo-Japanese Foundation, Sasakawa Foundation, and the Japan Foundation in particular. Um, So a lot of what we do on council runs outside the conference now. We're, We're sort of, our conference activities sort of almost limited now to just choosing the venue in some ways so what we tend to be funding most now and this has been sort of the big drive during the years which uh, I've been president for is rather than funding special one-off projects um, some of which we've had in the past and a, a couple are still ongoing and at the moment is we've been looking to particularly try and support our postgraduate students because uh, all of us have been postgraduate students at some stage or another. We know how tight finances can be and how much harder it's even become thanks to either coming into postgraduate study when students carry more debt than they used to carry or that it's getting harder at some institutions to and get money through part time jobs and even doing some teaching uh, because of the variety of restrictions that can exist. So uh, we have a number of schemes. Um, the two main ones being that we will um, help provide funding for students to get to conferences, for example, and obviously during a, past 12 months or so that's included online conferences and for those during that what used to be called as sort of the final write-up stage that fourth year of the phd we provide funding to students during this time historically that was done on the basis of a competition and only a couple of students would get each year but uh, now we as much as possible try and give out a little bit to everybody um, rather than trying to judge um who might be more worthy on some sort of uh, bizarre basis or anything so those are the main things but uh, we still also provide like an emergency top-up fund if someone's organizing an event and they haven't quite got all the funds they were hoping to get from other funders and so on they can come to us and we usually have a pool of money which we can do to to help make sure the event goes ahead as well.
0: Well, That's great to know that there is funding for upcoming academics in our field. So Helen to get a sense of the scope of the research you support can you give us a taste of some of the projects you funded recently?
1: there has been some sort of one-off research projects and Chris can probably speak to some of the research fields of those, but there was one I particularly remember and, and links to some of the broader goals of Badges is looking at, you know, the state of Japanese studies and, you know, what happens with graduates and where and where do they go and how is Japanese studies changing over time? And as Chris said, a lot of the projects that we fund now are very much uh, linked to not just supporting um. You know, uh, senior academics, but particularly encouraging postgrads and and the new the the younger emerging generation through these these very important um, postgraduate workshops, but through you know funding and, and scholarships where possible as well. And I think if I could just say a little bit more about Japan Forum because Chris has obviously mentioned Japan Forum, and maybe that that will involve a separate podcast at some point, but. Um, as Chris said, the the editing of Japan Forum sort of rotates around, if you like, or he he likened it to the Olympics movement, where you where you bid to be the next editing team. And I'm in the outgoing team at the moment. It's been most recently edited at SOAS, um, but is is now moving to UEA. What we've tried to do in Japan Forum is, it's always been a journal that has encouraged graduating PhDs to submit articles, for example. It's always been encouraging, of course, of members, badges members, um, submitting articles to Japan Forum. But what we've also tried to do over the years, in line with making it more of an international and a very academic journal that can be ranked and and be a good journal in the field, is, is internationalize it and make it digital and make it more issues a year. So we have increased the scope of the Japan Forum uh, academic journal over time. So I think, you know, when it started off, it was, it still is obviously the badgest journal, but it, it was very UK focused, if you like, or, or British focused. And now we've tried to make it much more of an international journal it, alongside articles and special issues. We've also brought in the sort of perspective essays where a scholar in the field will write on a particular aspect of Japanese studies the state of play of particular fields of Japanese studies. So we've tried to broaden it out that way. So I think there's been a lot of sort of investment in that in Japan Forum, spurring other projects as well, whether it be workshops or, you know, hosting a panel at the Badgers Conference, for example, or or feeding into even European Association of Japanese Studies. So we've really tried to broaden the scope of the journal and link into members. And, Maybe you want to, I don't know, Chris, do you want to mention the Japan chapter of badges as well Is is something that's made badges more international too? Yeah, I
2: think, uh, I mean, that's a good point, Helen, is the, the Japan chapter. I mean, that's sort of a slight broadening of the badges scope. Although primarily we have to be focused on what happens in the UK, we have so many British members who've gone out to japan at different times that it's just become a natural evolution i guess that um, over the last few years we've seen more activity in japan by badges members that it became a logical step to then um, sort of have a more formal setup of a japan chapter i think in many respects it's a shame that this didn't happen back in the time before sort of the internet and all the support networks that uh, are so easy to get a, your hands on now. But uh, I understand from those out in Japan that they really find it useful to have sort of a focal point in Japan as well, um, which is gonna to lead to further activities out there, including workshops, um, small conferences and so on. And hopefully this will bring in um, additional members to badges um, mm-hmm. and also bring in more people using Japan Forum and so on, and further increase the exposure of Japan Forum and also the Japanese studies community in the UK, because I think we have to remember that uh, Britain is just uh, still a relatively small country, but actually we have a very active Japanese studies community, but sadly it's not always that well known outside of Europe. And I think um, this is an area where the badges chapter in Japan can really help um, raise the profile of all of us in Japanese studies
0: so the past year has been a fallow one for obvious reasons but we're all anticipating the return to face-to-face conferences Chris could you share with us what events you normally do and what we can expect over the coming academic year
2: sure so I mean for the past 11 years or I guess for 10 years up to last year we've gone into a rotation so rather than having a badges council um, sorry badges conference every year um, and the timing of those Varied a little bit over the years as well. It's For a long time, it was in April. And then as we had more and more members in Japan, they were pointing out that April really was not a convenient time for them to try and get over from Japan for the conference. So we moved to September instead. But that then produced another problem that in certain years, um, obviously, there's the European Association for Japanese Studies as well, of which a lot of our members are also members and want to go to, that it didn't really work for many members to have the EAJS conference in late August and then have a Badges conference only a week later. So since about 2010, we moved on to a rotation so that in one year we would have the Badges conference. In another year, there would be also a joint East Asian Studies Conference, which was held or is held with the British Association for Korean Studies and the British Association for Chinese Studies. And then in the third year, which would be the year when the EAGS conference is held, rather than having a proper Badges conference, we would just essentially provide support for a workshop to be held at which they would tag on the Badges AGM and we'd try and encourage some more Badges members to go along because, because Badges is an officially registered charity, we have to have formal AGM every year um, and it fits neatly to have that in September every year now. So uh, doing it with the workshop was the way to make that work and that had been working smoothly up until, of course... 2020, when it was meant to be the year for having the workshop, but the workshop couldn't go ahead because of um, pandemic. So we moved our AGM to just being purely online. And also the conference, which would normally be held this year has had to be postponed because of the uncertainty. And we've also got the issue that EAGS is now postponed to this year as well. So it's had a slight knock-on effect to our usual schedule. So we're hoping now that um, in 2022, because we think there's a little bit of a backlog of papers that people might be working on, particularly, we are very conscious that if we delay any longer, we're going to have a whole group of PhD students who potentially go through most of their time as a PhD student without having much opportunity to present, that at the moment, we're working on plans that in 2022, we will see a joint Studies conference in the springtime with panels either being done physically or online. We don't have a mixture of sort of within a panel, some people there, some people not there, uh, but potentially some panels would be 100% online, some panels would be 100% physical, but also then still have the badges conference in September of 2022 as well. Um, and then during the course of sort of 2022, we can have further discussions about what will happen to the, the, the rotor and the system after that.
0: Great. So, lots to look forward to then. Let's cover your research outputs. Where can our listeners go online to find the research you supported?
2: So, I think this is a a tricky one to answer. I mean, as as Helen was saying in some of her answer earlier on, and I was sort of talking about, we don't sort of support single projects anymore. So, in terms of what Badges does, there's there's a few projects which we've done in the past. There's a couple which are coming to an end, Um, but more and more. Because we're supporting um, postgraduate students or particular events, it doesn't really make sense for us to be indexing them and listing them on our website as perhaps we would have done in the past. Instead, what we want to be doing is using social media much more to promote and let people know about the various bits of research that's going on. So we have a LinkedIn account, we have Twitter, we have Facebook, uh, as well as our webpage, obviously. But through Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, we will be trying to do a lot more to let people know about what research is going on letting PhD students sort of say a bit more about what they're doing. As you know, you were involved in the annual Japan Foundation Badges Postgraduate Workshop that we had last week, and I was speaking about um, the need for PhD students and academics to do a lot more on social media and be doing things like blog sites and so on to get themselves known and so on. So I hope going forward, we'll see more and more people having things like that where we can then send out on social media updates to our members. We've still got the mailing list as well about what people are working on, what they're doing and so on, just to help With that spread of information so i think it's a little bit different to in the past where badges may have funded a single project and there's a there's a final output we've had some of those in the past and as i said we've got a we've got at least one which is uh, just coming to an end soon as well but uh, i think the dynamic of research uh, has changed a lot in the last five to ten years and badges is moving with that change
1: Just to say that the the previous projects that we have funded, some of them, of course, have been published in Japan Forum. So obviously, a lot of research output that Badges members have done individually, but also Badges funded projects, the results of that can be found in Japan Forum, which is, of course, a digital online academic journal now. So that's the other way that you can find out stuff. But as Chris said, it's evolving. And I think the pandemic has had one upside. I mean, I know that a lot, all of us, are missing out at the annual cycle that Chris was referring to of, of getting together each year at the Badges Workshop, or indeed at the Badges Conference, or even EAJS Conference. Um, we miss we miss getting together and seeing Japanese Studies colleagues because there are a lot of us that are also as Chris said, quite a small society, academic society in many ways as well. So we, we know each other and it's always fun when we get together and I think we're all missing that. But the upside of the pandemic, from my perspective, um, being the chair of the Japan Research Centre, I've been continuing our weekly Wednesday seminar series in the evening and the I found one upside to not being on campus is that our audience has just grown exponentially. Um, so we've had loads of people, you know, our audience, we've had people dialing in from all over the UK. It's much easier for Japanese studies colleagues to get together virtually than it is for them to travel to Soas every Wednesday evening, of course. Um, But we've also taken the opportunity to really expand our our voice and presence in North America because of the time difference. So in the SOAS series, seminar series, we've had we've invited a lot of North American colleagues to, to give seminars. And that's really put not just SOAS, but Japan Forum and, and hopefully badges on the map and in Amer- and North American minds as well. And as I was saying before, Japan Forum itself has gone more international over the years in terms of encouraging more scholarship and submissions from around the world, including uh, North America colleagues. And so I think that that ability to reach out via our social media uh, uh, presence is good. So every time I've, I've tweeted about a, a JRC SOAS seminar, for example, I've always tagged in badges as I've done it. And, and we have had a lot more people uh, joining our events. So I think going forward, even as we all return to more traditional, if you like, more face-to-face ways of doing things, I think there are lots of things that we can learn from the pandemic in terms of how we might go forward in some sort of hybrid way to make our events. Events, Badges events, and and all our events at different institutions more linked
2: up. If I can just come in there, and I think, I mean, part of what Badges Council needs to be thinking about going forward is what happens when we do return to some normality. Because, I mean, Helen points out that there have been some positives from what's happened in the last 12 months. And I think it's a matter of what happens when we go back to more face-to-face teaching. Will there be a push to also make it more face-to-face seminars because that way people feel as though it further justifies them physically enrolling at a particular university and going to a university? Will we have the online seminar continue? As Helen says, there's lots of positives to the online seminars. There are some downsides as well. And I think this is one of the things where badges needs to be involved going forward is listening to members and finding out. Because if we find that universities go more and more back to traditional seminars, that potentially means that badges can come in and help out to do things which will help the wider badges community. Because one of the things I've been particularly conscious of while I'm president is that Places like Sowas, Sheffield, even Cardiff, it's it's there's a core community in terms of number of academics, PhD students, undergraduates there, but we also have people studying Japan, where they might be the only person at their university who's studying Japan, and so we can't expect them to be able to have the funds to always travel to go to seminars, invite people there to go to seminars because they may not have a critical mass of people who listen to a specialist lecture um, related to Japanese studies or Japan in some way. And so I think that is where badges can, not necessarily by itself, but maybe with certain institutions, be looking to take some of the positive lessons from COVID-19 and make sure that there is still a way of reaching a much broader Japanese studies community uh, beyond COVID-19.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, th- I think that would be great for Badger's Council to somehow think about how we can all get together and, and learn from from the pandemic. And that's going to take some time, isn't it? We're not out of it yet. But I think maybe some kind of, not a project in itself, but we can put some sort of investment towards all thinking collectively about what we've learned and how we can go forward and, and move Japanese studies you know, into the next generation, but also the next phase of, of what academia and what Uh, universities are going to be post-pandemic.
0: So Helen and Chris, thanks for taking the time to join us today. Uh, For any listeners keen to get involved with badges, what would you advise them to do? Chris?
2: I think the most important thing is they become members. I mean, particularly for the postgraduate members who haven't thought about it yet or been fully aware of it. I mean, the membership fee is very, very low. And as I said, we essentially fund all PhD students when they're in that writing up phase. So they very quickly get their money back. And I really hope that that will encourage them to stay badges members in the future and to further help the development of Japanese studies, but so that they can give back to the community in due course, knowing that their membership fees um, which are still very reasonable even for the salaried members go some way to um, further protecting and helping and supporting the postgraduate community so I mean go onto the badges website um, which is very easy to find as long as you remember that our acronym is B-A-J-S and nothing to do with a black and white animal and um, so badges.org.uk and become a member but also we want to hear from members it's quite passive at times we Really do welcome emails, tweets, and other interactions from members, um, providing us with ideas about what they would like us to do, um, or just even letting us know about some of the problems that exist, so we can think about um, how we may be able to address those. Just get involved.
1: Yeah, and also letting us know what events are taking place at their institution or what research outputs are coming out, so we can we can all link in together. Um, which again is a less pandemic. I think that we are we are doing that a bit more now.
0: Great. Well, thank you for both joining me today, and uh, it's been a pleasure.
1: Thanks, Thanks, thanks Oli.
0: You can find out more about Badges at its website, badges.org.uk, or by following it on Twitter at Badges17. In our next episode, we'll be joined by Dr. Hannah Osborne, incoming editor of Japan Forum, to discuss the future direction of the journal. We hope you'll join us then. Thank you for listening.